Welcome to the Tech Meme Right Home for Tuesday, December 6, 2022. I'm Brian McCullough. Today is the government investigating Neuralink for animal cruelty. Why is Microsoft increasing prices for Xbox games? How much does it cost every time you ask ChatGPT a question? Is Meta really going to stop allowing you to post news links, or is this a bluff? And is that Arizona chip plant becoming a bigger deal every day? Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. Sources are telling Reuters that the U.S. Department of Agriculture is probing Neuralink for potential animal welfare violations after complaints surfaced that its animal testing is being rushed. Quoting The Verge. Although Reuters says that it's unclear how wide-ranging the probe is, the news agency details a range of concerns over animal welfare raised in interviews with more than 20 current and former Neuralink employees. These include reports that in one experiment, 25 out of 60 pigs allegedly had the wrong size of device installed as part of a study, while on another occasion, two separate pigs had devices installed on the wrong vertebrae, leading to one needing to be euthanized to end its suffering. Neuralink's aim is to develop ways for the human brain to interface directly with computers to help treat a range of neurological conditions and even help paralyzed people walk. So far, the company has made a number of public demonstrations of its technology being used by animals, including showing a monkey playing Pong with its brain and another typing on a computer using an implant. It is common for animals used in scientific tests to be killed after experiments are completed so that their autopsies can provide further data, but current and former Neuralink employees interviewed by Reuters said that testing mistakes can lead to excess deaths by requiring tests to be repeated. They can also make the resulting data less accurate. Reuters reports that Neuralink has killed around 1,500 animals since 2018. None of this is firm evidence of wrongdoing, and Reuters notes that Neuralink has passed all USDA inspections, but employees have reportedly raised concerns internally that Musk's drive for quick progress has created an environment filled with what Reuters calls, quote, underprepared and overstressed staffers scrambling to meet deadlines, end quote. Musk's attempts to motivate employees to work faster reportedly included telling staff to imagine they had a bomb strapped to their heads. Reuters says the CEO also wrote in an email in February this year, quote, in general, we are simply not moving fast enough. It's driving me nuts, end quote. See, that's the thing. I've heard that Neuralink has a lot of competitors, some of whom seem to be further along with this technology than Neuralink is. So I guess if employees at Neuralink are the ones blowing the whistle, that corners are being cut. That's interesting. Quoting the Reuters piece itself. In September, the company responded to employee concerns about its animal testing by holding a town hall to explain its processes. It soon after opened up the meetings to staff of its federally mandated board that reviews the animal experiments. Neuralink executives have said publicly that the company tests animals only when it has exhausted other research options, but documents and company messages suggest otherwise. During a November 30th presentation the company broadcast on YouTube, for example, Musk said surgeries were used at a later stage of the process to confirm that the device works rather than to test early hypotheses. Quote, we're extremely careful, he said, to make sure that testing is, quote, confirmatory, not exploratory, end quote using animal testing as a last resort after trying other methods. In October, a month before Musk's comments, Autumn Sorrells, the head of animal care, ordered employees to scrub exploration from study titles retroactively, and stop using it in the future. In all, the company has killed about 1,500 animals, including more than 280 sheep, pigs, and monkeys, following experiments since 2018, according to records reviewed by Reuters and sources with direct knowledge of the company's animal testing operations. The sources characterize that figure as a rough estimate because the company does not keep precise records on the number of animals tested and killed." 
Google's latest Pixel Drop is here, and this time it has delivered VPN services and clearer calls, two of the biggest new features slated to come to the Pixel 7 and Pixel 7 Pro, quoting Tom's guide. The Google One VPN is one of the big extra perks Google announced during the Pixel 7 launch event, offering five years free access to the service. Without a Pixel 7, you'd have to subscribe to the $10 a month Google One plan, which includes two terabytes of storage, 10% off purchases made through the Google Store, and other perks. Google One's VPN is designed to offer an extra layer of security to your browsing experience. Though our own testing found that the service didn't let you choose a server yourself or spoof your location to access foreign streaming catalogs, that makes it less appealing when you have to hand over money. But if it's free, you might as well take advantage of whatever's on offer, right? The Clear Calls feature reduces background noise to make sure you can hear what's going on. This feature is powered by the Tensor G2, so unfortunately it won't be heading to older Pixel phones in the near future. That isn't the case with the Pixel Recorder, with the latest update also coming to the Pixel 6 series. I speak from experience when I say the Pixel Recorder's auto-transcription is a fantastic tool, but it doesn't always produce the neatest results. The latest update should change that, with machine learning giving the app the ability to keep tabs on individual speakers and label speech accordingly. If you're regularly recording speech, be it for meetings, interviews, school, or something else, this is going to make your post-recording organization so much easier." End quote. There continues to be concerns that various regulators, including in Europe, but also in the U.S. with the FTC, might block Microsoft's proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard. In fact, Microsoft's president, Brad Smith, mentioned recently in an interview that Microsoft has offered Sony a 10-year Call of Duty licensing deal, as Sony has naturally been one of the parties raising concerns about this merger. So the timing of this is maybe not good, but it's probably unrelated. Microsoft also plans to increase the price of new first-party Xbox Series X and S games to $70 in 2023 after prices remain steady at $60 since the Xbox 360 era, quoting IGN. Beginning in 2023, games built for Xbox Series X slash S, including Forza Motorsport, Redfall, and Starfield will cost $69.99 at launch. While Xbox has noted that regional pricing may differ, it is not yet given specifics for other countries. This price reflects the content, scale, and technical complexity of these titles, a Microsoft spokesperson told IGN. As with all games developed by our teams at Xbox, they will also be available with Game Pass the same day they launch, end quote. The price increase is unsurprising given that earlier this year, Xbox head Phil Spencer said that the company wouldn't be able to hold its prices forever, but that Xbox would not raise prices ahead of the 2023 holiday season. Xbox is also not the first company to have done this. Sony, Ubisoft, and Take-Two Interactive have announced $70 price points for certain new games, and Sony specifically has reportedly discussed raising that price even higher. As for whether this will mean Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S will also get more expensive, it's hard to say. The PlayStation 5 already got hit with a price increase in a number of countries, and Nintendo has said it's not ruling out an increase on the Switch in the future. When Sony announced its console price hike, Microsoft clarified it had no plans to do the same for its current Xboxes, something that Spencer reiterated in September." End quote. In a tweet and follow-up comments yesterday, including a back-and-forth with Elon Musk, 
OpenAI CEO Sam Altman revealed that ChatGPT has already crossed 1 million users since launching less than a week ago and says the compute costs for the whole program are pretty steep. Musk specifically asked him what the average cost per chat was, and he replied, quote, average is probably single-digit cents per chat, trying to figure out more precisely and also how we can optimize it, end quote. When Ahmad Salims asked him if it will be free forever, Altman replied, quote, we will have to monetize it somehow at some point. The compute costs are eye-watering, end quote. Google has brought continuous scrolling to the desktop in English in the U.S., loading six pages of results all at once, provided you scroll down, following a similar change on mobile back in October 2021. So I guess say goodbye to footer navigation links, quoting The Verge. Google will load six pages of results into a single scroll before offering users a See More button to show more results. Google says the change is rolling out first for English searches in the U.S., but judging by the rollout of the feature on mobile, it seems safe to expect to see additional markets and languages added over time. The change mirrors the design of most social media feeds, where new content is continuously loaded as you scroll down a page, rather than asking users to click or tap for more posts. Ideally, it will make searching quicker and should make it less important for websites to be on the first page of search results. Google previously said that, quote, most people who want additional information will typically browse up to four pages of search. However, given the huge drop-off in clicks that reportedly occurs between the first couple of results and the rest of the first page, the flight to be first site on the page is likely to be just as intense as ever, end quote. Here's the thing. This is obviously just another in a long line of tweaks by Google to get you to click more on the ads in search. But if I were Google, I'd have a bigger worry right now. Yes, we've all tried ChatGPT, and a lot of it has been like, write me a song about a walrus in the style of the XX, you know, mimicry stuff. But if you've tried that, it's about as good as my Daniel Plainview impression was yesterday. It's interesting, but not mind-blowing. The really mind-blowing stuff is when I put in a question like, why was the Holy Roman Empire neither holy nor Roman nor an empire? And it spat out a legitimately useful and thoughtful answer. I'm not sure how you would monetize something like that, but what if instead of a search engine where you get links to a bunch of pages answering a question you ask, you actually got the answer first? An answer engine, not a search engine. Paid search is the greatest money machine ever created. If I were Google, I'd be all hands on deck trying to protect that franchise. When you go through airport security, there's one line where the TSA agent checks your ID and another line where a machine scans your bag. The same thing happens in enterprise security, but instead of passengers and luggage, it's end users and their devices. These days, most companies are pretty good at the first part of the equation where they check user identity, but user devices can roll right through authentication without getting inspected at all. In fact, 47% of companies allow unmanaged, untrusted devices to access their data. That means an employee can log in from a laptop that has its firewall turned off and hasn't been updated in six months. Or worse, that laptop might belong to a bad actor using employee credentials. Collide finally solves the device trust problem. Collide ensures that no device can log into your Okta-protected apps unless it passes your security checks. Plus, you can use Collide on devices without MDM, like your Linux fleet, contractor devices, and every BYOD phone and laptop 
in your company. Visit collide.com slash ride to watch a demo and see how it all works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash ride, collide.com slash ride. Whenever I need to do financial research for this show, for instance, during tech earnings season, when I have to analyze how various companies' stocks have been performing, I only ever turn to our sponsor today, Yahoo Finance. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They are the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insights to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Meta is threatening to remove news from its family of apps if Congress passes what Meta calls the Ill-Considered Journalism Competition and Preservation Act, quoting MarketWatch. The Journalism Competition and Preservation Act was authored by Senator Amy Klobuchar, a Democrat from Minnesota who is a fierce critic of big tech and an advocate for antitrust legislation. The bill would level the playing field, according to its advocates, by allowing newspapers and other news organizations to band together to negotiate for a larger share of online advertising revenue. Currently, news organizations must negotiate individually. Collectively, they could force Meta and Alphabet's Google, the two leading digital ad businesses, to share the wealth, the bill's proponents argue. Newspaper publishers in the U.S. estimate ad sales fell by 52% between 2002 and 2020, according to census data, end quote. I snarked last night on Twitter, wouldn't it make Meta's apps better if there were less of your uncle posting some incendiary news item and more, you know, baby photos? But also, don't bills like this always fundamentally misunderstand how the web works? Like, you don't want to break linking. But also, quoting John Schweppe, very smart tactic here, but number one, it's a bluff. Meta needs news more than news needs Meta. And two, it's a bluff. Meta tried this in Australia and it backfired, so they caved soon after, end quote. I believe something similar happened in Canada, too, and Meta might have backed down there as well. Also, though, quoting Benedict Evans, if you want newspapers to get money that does not come from any economic value they create, be honest and create a subsidy. If you want another group of companies to pay for this, be honest and create a tax. I don't particularly like Meta or Google, by all means, tax them and subsidize newspapers. I like newspapers, but I hate the grotesque intellectual dishonesty of this idea, and the secretive and corrupt way it was implemented in Australia is not a coincidence, end quote. Finally today, Silicon Desert, anyone? This new plant in Arizona, which I believe President Biden is visiting to tout later today, continues to become more important. The Financial Times says TSMC plans to more than triple its investment in Arizona to $40 billion, aiming to build a second plant for three nanometer chips starting production in 2026. Quote, 
TSMC is currently putting $12 billion into construction of a fabrication plant, or FAB, in Arizona that was originally designed to make chips with notionally 5 nanometer circuit widths, an N5 generation that will be behind the most advanced one by the time the FAB opens in 2024. However, at an event on Tuesday marking the installation of the first chip tools at the Phoenix plant, the company will announce plans for a second FAB, which will manufacture more advanced 3 nanometer or N3 chips, from 2026, according to White House officials and people close to TSMC. TSMC will also say that it intends making N4 chips a slightly more advanced level in the fab originally intended for N5. In a speech at the event, U.S. President Joe Biden is expected to trumpet the additional investment as a sign that America can lead in manufacturing again and as an endorsement of his economic plan to boost domestic chip production and secure supply chains. But industry experts said the larger TSMC presence would still be unable to accommodate cutting-edge products such as new iPhone models when the fabs finally open. They added the investments could provide only minimal supply chain security, giving a stark reminder of the immense risks incurred if China attacked Taiwan, where TSMC is headquartered and continues the bulk of its expansion, end quote. But maybe what this story presupposes is maybe they're moving in that direction and we'll get there eventually? Two late-breaking headlines that came out just as I was recording this, both on the regulatory front. Sources say Amazon has reached a deal with the EU to end two antitrust investigations by increasing visibility of rivals' products and adding non-prime order options. And sources say the EU privacy regulators have ruled that Meta's terms of service shouldn't require users to agree to personalize ads based on online activity. Meta can apparently appeal this decision, though. More on both of these stories tomorrow, if warranted. Anyway, I ran my first TikTok experiment yesterday. Just a quick video reading the headlines to the top five stories we did on the show yesterday. If you want to check that out, we're techmeme underscore ride underscore home on TikTok. I'll try to remember to put a link to that at the bottom of the show notes. I'm experimenting with doing what this show does, but in a different mode, kind of like, you know, the top news stories from the world of tech in 15 minutes. That's the podcast. So the top stories from the world of tech in 30 seconds, that's TikTok and YouTube shorts and reels or whatever. I've started an Instagram account too, a Snapchat account. We'll see. Obviously, this is promo for this podcast, but it also could be a quick clip with real utility doing what this show does in real bite-sized form. Again, caveat, caveat, this is an experiment, but maybe there's actual utility there for folks in a different way. Anyway, asking a favor, can you follow our TikTok account, please? Again, that's techmeme underscore ride underscore home. And fave the videos. There's another one that's going to come out this afternoon. Watch them all the way through if you could, just to juice the algorithm. I'll report back on the results we either do or don't see sometime soon. Talk to you tomorrow.